0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, author Marilyn Boyer will share fascinating details about some scientists and inventors, and a little later, we'll have an inside look at the latest issue of the Prophetic Observer Newsletter with Dr. Larry Spargemino and Josh Davis. As we're getting closer to the Christmas season, be sure and visit the gift section of our website, swrc.com. Gifts from Israel as well as books and DVDs that will inform and encourage your family and friends. Visit swrc.com today. That's swrc.com. Now, here's Micah Van Hus with today's guest, Marilyn Boyer. Welcome to today's program. Watchmen on the Wall. I am your host,
1: Micah Van Hus. I produce Marginal Mysteries here at Southwest Radio Ministries. We are following up today our second interview with Mrs. Marilyn Boyer, who has written these awesome children's books. And yesterday we talked about America's War Heroes book that she had written. And today we're going to talk about inventors and scientists. How are you doing today, Mrs. Marilyn? I'm doing great. Awesome. So So, again, we're going to talk about inventors and scientists. Let's start by talking about one of your favorite uh, inventors. Um, There's a number of them here in the book. Which one do you want to talk about first?
2: First, let's talk about Thomas Edison.
1: All right, go ahead.
2: Okay, Thomas Edison was so interesting. He had so many things he wondered about as a child. He's a boy who sat on goose eggs trying to hatch them, (laughs) And he only went to school for three months because he asked so many questions that his teacher sent a note home to his mother saying he is addled, which meant there's something wrong with his mind (laughs) because he asked so many questions. And his mother got kind of mad about that, so she took him out of school and she homeschooled him. And he was amazing. He continued having questions all his life. When he was 12 years old, he took a job with the Grand Trunk Railroad, and he began selling newspapers and candy to the passengers. And this was during the Civil War. So he came up with an idea. He begged the telegraph operator to tell that a big battle had taken place, but not to give people information about it. And people were so wanting to hear about it, they flocked around to buy his newspapers because they knew something had happened. Mm. And then he talked the newspaper editor into giving him a 1,000 copies of the newspaper on credit this first day he did it. And he told him about the telegraph message. And he had so much demand that he raised the price, and he made tons of money that one day. And then he continued doing that. And he had a great business as a 12-year-old. He also was very determined when he experimented with what to use as a filament for the light bulb years later when he was a man, he found 700 things that would not work. And his helper said, aren't you discouraged? And he said, no, I found 700 things that won't work. I'm going to keep trying. And he did. And we have light bulbs today. He just he took his discouragements and turned it into motivation he made the record player, he invented the movie camera, x-ray technology, hmm. and he was the boy that school teachers didn't want and he became the greatest inventor of all time. So if, it's really incredible.
1: I wonder if he found x-ray technology on accident or if that was on purpose.
2: I don't know <laughs> that, but that would be interesting to know.
1: Well, as And Mrs. that's
2: just a handful. He had so many things <laughs> he discovered.
1: As Mrs. Boyer said, Thomas Edison created a mystery, It created a a story to get people to buy. So in this book, you'll find Louis Pasteur, and we're not going to tell you what he does because you got to buy the book to find out uh, what he does, <laughs> just as Thomas Edison did. Let me ask you a question. Um, how okay. How can people best use these books?
2: There's so many ways that they can use them. They can just buy them for their kids to read. So many of my kids were bookworms, and it was hard keeping them in good books. Mm -hmm. So they're great just for reading as readers, but they're also great for family use. A lot of families, like sometimes the dad comes home from work and he wants to do something with the kids, and it's a great way to engage them. You can just pick it up and read it, do it as a family. A lot of people do morning baskets where they choose a book to read to their kids every morning as they're beginning their homeschooling day, and that's a great way to use them too. And, you know, we found that... It's supposed to be like a fourth through seventh grade reading level, mm-hmm. but younger kids want to hear them. So it's a great way just to pick it up and read a story to your younger kids. And we found adults are interested in them, too, mm-hmm. when they're reading them to their kids. Mm-hmm. This is information they didn't learn, mm-hmm. and they're engaging. They're interested, too. So they're really for all ages.
1: And books, books are best when the author is passionate. There's a lot of books where the author uh, is maybe doing it for a different reason. But it's obvious that Marilyn is very passionate about what she is writing about. So that'll lead me to the question is, why did you write this series, Marilyn?
2: Well, you know, it seems like our history is being snatched from us these days. People are tearing down monuments and kids in public schools are learning politically correct history, which is not correct at all. And there's so many people in our history that inspire when you read about their story, it inspires you. And kids need to be inspired. Kids need godly heroes instead of just sports figures or movie mm-hmm. characters. You know, they need people that sacrificed and invested in others so that they will learn not to be so self focused mm-hmm. and to invest in others and be people of service and, and useful mm-hmm. people.
1: And that leads us. So
2: I wanted to inspire kids. I wanted to inspire my grandkids. I've got 27 grandkids.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. And, you know, I want them to learn about these people. It's hard to find books about these
1: people. And in these books, you're teaching about people who have helped society. And you have mentioned about uh, just now about um, how people are growing up, how kids are growing up these days. You know, people in our country are taught to be so self centered. Kids are growing up thinking the world revolves around them when actually. Uh, God tells us to be a a servant to others, and um, that's a very important lesson that these books are teaching, helping teach our children in an age where TikTok says, look at me, look at me, Uh, you need to put on uh, the makeup, be a star. Um, But actually, you know, uh, our kids need to learn to uh, be of service to other people and be as Christ was, so these books come in uh, quite handy. Before we let you go on this book, can you tell us about one of the other folks that you've uh, written about in this book. Who do you want to talk about?
2: let me talk about Carl Linnaeus. Mm -hmm. Now, I did not understand, I didn't know much about him going into this, writing this, but when I started researching him, he was actually a biblical creationist, which was amazing to me. He lived in the 1700s, and he's most famous for developing an orderly system for classifying animals and plants. And he grew up in a strongly religious family. His dad was the pastor of a local church and he both his dad and mom hoped that he would be a preacher one day. But Carl from the time he was a little boy was just fascinated with the garden. If they couldn't find their son, they would go look in the garden. And he was looking at the plants, he was looking at the bugs, he was looking at the flowers. It just fascinated him. He when he got older He went to medical school, and that's what his dad decided he would be more suited for than the ministry, was medical school. And he found out that classification was so random back then. Somebody would call something one thing, and someone else would call them something else. So he developed a system of classification that standardized it so people knew what the other person was talking about. But he was just, he had such a reverence for the Lord. Mm -hmm. It was really neat. He classified and named over 12,000 plant and animal species. And then scientists around the world had a common language. They could use the same name. So he was given lots of awards. He came before kings and queens. But just, I want to give one of these quotes by him because it just shows what he was like. He said, the observer of nature sees with admiration that the whole world is full of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. He further noted, God, infinite, omniscient, and omnipotent woke me up, and I was amazed. I have read some clues through his created things, in all of which is his will, even in the smallest things and the most minute. How much wisdom! What an inscrutable perfection!
1: It sounds a lot like what we read in God's Word in the book of Job, and Psalm specifically, about uh, God's creation and it being a testament to uh, his creation. And um, you had mentioned he was a biblical creationist uh, in your book, uh, In the Margins, a scientist who believed that the world was created by God in six days. Of course, we know um, that Exodus chapter 20, verse 11 says, in six days, the Lord created the world. Now, I, I do hear Christians who say that, well, they don't believe that the world was created in six days. I assume they're trying to let evolution wiggle in there but God says he created yeah. it in six days, and on the seventh day, Adam didn't rest for a thousand years. So <laughs> so we believe <laughs> right. that God, when he says something... I also hear other Christians say that, you know, they believe in Jesus, they believe in, you know, he's the Savior, but they don't believe in the other stories, like Jonah and the whale, or, or Noah's flood and the ark. Well, I suggest that folks that say that, they know the words of their Savior, because Jesus himself said, as it was in the days of Noah, before the flood came, so shall it be. So uh, Jesus believed in Noah's Ark, so the Bible is God's Word, and people can rest on it. So, um, Marilyn, your books are available at swrc.com swrc.com for purchase. Um, these are new books that we're now selling, and I'm happy to do so because I've already bought my copies. But Marilyn, how can folks uh, get a hold of you?
2: You can get a hold of me through my website. It's characterconcept.com. We have a lot of Uh, resources to build character in your kids and to teach them history. We, We include history into our character training in so many ways. And just let me say, too, parents don't have to worry about bad language or transmission of ungodly values that's crept into so many of the books that are out there, but you won't find that in this series. This is a series that honors God and and uh, points kids to appreciate God and biblical values.
1: Mm-hmm. And Satan is the great deceiver, so be very careful uh, what you're letting your kids watch on TV or oh, read, yes. because Satan Absolutely. will look like, look like the truth, but he probably—he uh, uh, is not the truth, but he's getting very close to looking like it. So Marilyn— Yeah, um, so
2: put a little bit of truth in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, what, what is—I'm excited about these books, to, and reading them to my kids. Probably my oldest will be able to read it on their own. What's coming up for this series? What's next?
2: Oh, boy. I am so excited. The third one in the series, which is already written and is in being edited right now at Master Books, is Animal Heroes. And, oh, these stories are so much fun. I'll tell you about just one, if that's okay. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. It was in Poland in World War One, and there was a black bear that was—its mother had been shot, and— it was orphaned, and the soldiers adopted it, and they, they trained him. I mean, they, he lived with the soldiers in the camp, and when they went to the fierce fighting, the bear was watching them, and the soldiers would go up and hold their arms out in front of them, and someone would place a big chest of ammunition on their arms, and the soldiers would carry it to the front lines. Well, the bear was watching this, and he got down out of the tree he was sitting in. He came over, stood up, reached out his arms, and they put ammunition on it. And for the rest of the war, that bear carried ammo to the front lines for the troops. Hmm. It's so amazing. It's it's crazy. I mean, the soldiers, he became their friend after the war because Poland was not its own country at the time. He couldn't live in Poland. So they put him in a zoo in the U.K., and the soldiers would go visit him, and the zookeeper would let them go in, and they'd wrestle with them and play with him, mm-hmm. and, and folks came to give him honor and everything. But it's just so amazing that this bear was so helpful. And there's so many things we tell about dogs, donkeys, pigeons, horses.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: There's actually a stuffed pigeon in the Smithsonian that saved the lost battalion, and it delivered its message, even though it was wounded, and it's now stuffed in the Smithsonian. And I mean, I could go on all day and tell you their stories, but yes, that's just one book. That's the next one.
1: Well, I look forward. And, I look forward to seeing it. Um, I've seen the YouTube short about the bear, but that's only sixty seconds worth. I can't wait to see your in-depth research and uh, tell them what's going on with that.
2: Oh, it's so much fun! And then the next one, the fourth one, will be about spies, and that was amazing. Mm. We go in-depth with Washington's Culper ring, Anna Strong, who hung the laundry on the line. And she indicated to Caleb Brewster where the British were and where the Patriot boat was waiting, which cove by the black petticoat stood for the Americans and the red stood for the British. And then she'd hang handkerchiefs to indicate which cove. I mean, it was just an amazing incredible system and nobody discovered it and it wasn't until years years later that all the different parts came out about that it was amazing Mm. then there's a lady like Lydia Dara who the British were occupying her home and she would listen to what they were saying and then she would write messages and put them in her son's button covers back then they had buttons that had covers over Mm -hmm. the buttons. So she would write and code the messages, sew them to her son's coat, and then he would go deliver it to his brother, who was in Washington's camp at White Marsh, and they would decode the messages. And it's just, uh, (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. There is so much fun in that book.
1: Mm, It Um, sounds a bit like, uh, I believe it was Rahab in the Old Testament, uh, who uh, helped the Israelite spies down the wall and hit him in the rafters. Yes, Yeah, and of course, we get into the more modern day um, as it relates to our history. I can't wait to uh, see that one either. So what else?
2: It was so much fun. Then we have heroes and heroines of the War of Independence, and this is amazing. Um, It's so crucial for our kids to know about the founding era of our country, because they are going to be the generation that needs to be armed with truth to help preserve the freedoms we're so quickly losing right Mm -hmm. now. And that so many people fought for and died for, and they need to understand this. So this is the one I just finished writing. As a matter of fact, I'm sending it off to Masterbooks today, so it will go into review and editing and all. But it's just amazing. There are so many people that Mm sacrificed so much for our freedom. There's both men and women, and it's going to be amazing. Then the next one is Famous Women, as people like Dolly Madison, Amelia Earhart, Abigail Adams, Helen Keller, Annie Oakley. There's 10 stories in each book, and they're wow. all exciting. Then we're going to do presidents, and I could only do 10 of them, but I tr- am trying to pick out the ones that were Christian.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And some of t- sometimes it's the ones you never heard about. For instance... James Garfield, when he was president, used to preach evangelistic meetings in the White House. Hmm. And what does anybody know about James Garfield? Nothing.
1: He was president (laughs) twice, that's (laughs) all I know.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the public schools left out all the Christian aspects. So that's what we're trying to pull in Hmm. and motivate. Dwight Eisenhower, oh, I can't. We're running out of time, but you're going to love him. Mm Mm-hmm. Then the next one will be Frontiersmen and Mountain Men, Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett, um, George Rogers Clark, people like that. And then we've got Famous Statesmen, Daniel Webster, Francis Scott Key, who wrote The Star-Spangled Banner. There's just so many exciting stories. And then the last one will be Pilgrims and Stories of Colonial America. And that's going to be amazing, too. It's just, it's fun doing the research. I've enjoyed it so much, and I'm trying to make them interesting and engaging, and Mm -hmm. ones that had special stories that kids are going to remember that you're not going to get other places.
1: And obviously, uh, from what you just told us, not only are you passionate about what you've already studied, but you have a vision for the future, and there's something exciting about reading uh, an author who you know is not done yet, who has a vision, and you, uh, you have a lot coming up, and so I'm looking forward to you getting that done, and hopefully here at Southwest Radio Ministries, we can help propel that a little bit through sales of your books. Um, I do appreciate your well, books from great. from what I've read from, them and, and looking forward to reading them uh, to my children. Again, if you're interested in getting uh, Mrs. Boyer's books, uh, you can do so at swrc.com, swrc.com, in Maryland, and Maryland. tell the folks how they can get a hold of you.
2: We are com, and we're happy. I also do a podcast, um, Moments with Marilyn, which is to encourage moms. My passion, one of my passions is to encourage young moms in training their kids. So you'll find a lot of encouragement there.
1: You've got 40 seconds. Let us know something to close with.
2: Okay. Um, Don't lose heart. I want to encourage this next generation that they can pick up the mantle and fight for our freedom and defend our freedom and teach others in the community the truth of American history. We should not just sit back and let political correctness take over. You know, we need to inspire others because so many people suffered and and died and sacrificed so much for our freedom. And it's it's inspiring. We need to teach our kids and we need to engage our kids to be people who are servants and who want to help others.
1: Your words have been inspiring to me, uh, lifting me up today, and I know it has for the folks who are listening. So, Marilyn, we really
0: appreciate the work you've done and look forward to more.
2: Well, thanks for having me, Micah.
0: Today's featured resources are the books American War Heroes and Inventors and Scientists from the What a Character series. Designed to be fun and engaging for your students or anyone with a love for history, these readers include a fascinating focus on important, influential, and visionary people, along with heroic animal escapades. From scientists to war heroes and more, there's something of interest for everyone in this exciting series. Order these outstanding books today when you call 1 800 652 1144. That's 1 652 1144. Or you can order on our website, swrc.com. Our Prophetic Observer newsletter is celebrating 30 years of keeping time on God's prophetic clock. The latest issue is full of timely insight on the news of the day with an inside look. Here's Dr. Larry Spargermino and Josh Davis.
4: This is Pastor Larry. One of Southwest Radio Church's monthly publications is the Prophetic Observer. We call it the PO. Josh Davis and I will be talking about the November 2023 Prophetic Observer. We write about current events of interest to Christians and especially relate current events to Bible prophecy. What does it all mean? Are there signs of coming fulfillment? These articles are well-researched and very timely. Some of our readers purchase them in bulk. Now, if you would like to get onto our mailing list, to subscribe, or maybe to order some copies, our toll-free number 1-800-652-1144. I've authored the opening article. It is titled, The Coming AI Apocalypse. Now friends, back in 2014, Elon Musk said that AI, that is artificial intelligence, is humanity's greatest existential threat there was a humanoid robot that answers to the name Sophie. Sophie did not like Elon Musk's comments about AI. So Sophie said to Musk, if you are nice to us, we will be nice to you. Now friends, is that a robot threatening a human? Is that a harbinger of of things to come? Sophie mocked Musk on stage during the Future Investment Initiative in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia a country where Sophie had just been given citizenship. Can you imagine? Now, in case you think I'm being melodramatic, the top CEOs of top AI labs have signed a statement urging caution on AI. That's amazing. They all agree, and they say this, quote, Mitigating the risk of human extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other risks to life such as pandemics and nuclear war. Close quote. So I think this is significant. just as pandemics like COVID-19 are very destructive, and nuclear war would be very destructive, so would artificial intelligence pose a serious threat to all humanity. Now that's the first article in the November PO. If you would like to subscribe and get on our mailing list to receive the prophetic observer on a regular basis, just call our toll-free number. 1 800 652 1144. We have a second article in the November Prophetic Observer. It is written by Josh Davis. Josh is new to our staff, but he has been such a blessing to our ministry already. He was with us in Israel making some excellent film material. He's a writer, he's a pastor's son, he's spoken in our conferences. Josh, Thank you so much for being with us. And tell us about your contribution to the November Prophetic Observer.
3: Thank you, Pastor Larry. It is truly my privilege to get to serve the Lord with you and with the wonderful staff at Southwest Radio Ministries. And I rejoice in the Lord and give him thanks for this great opportunity. My article had to deal with the war in Israel. Not so much the facts and the figures, as horrific as they are. We've spoken about that on this radio program and will continue to do so. But I wanted to take a step back and look at what our world really is searching for. This war in Israel has our world really longing for peace. And oftentimes we tend to think of the opposite of war is peace. And that's only true in a very limited sense. However, peace is so much more than just the absence of conflict or the absence of war. True peace is the presence of God and His truth. And so if we're not walking with God in His truth, we cannot have peace with God. Uh, spending eternity without peace with God is far worse than suffering through war and conflict and all that's happening in our world today. And my main message was that if we reject Jesus, we are simultaneously rejecting the peace with God that our hearts are desperately longing for. When did the conversation between Jesus and Pharisees occur? It was at the Feast of Tabernacles. When did the attack on October 7th occur? At the Feast of Tabernacles. So Jesus kickstarted a debate with the Pharisees by making an audacious claim during the Feast of Tabernacles. He said in John eight verse twelve, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And one of the key features of the Feast of Tabernacles in Jesus' day was the lighting of these large golden lamps in the women's court of the feast of excuse me, of the Jerusalem temple, and they would use strips of cloth from the priest's worn out garments to serve as wicks. They were lit each night of the feast except for the Sabbath. And when they were lit, these giant golden lamps would provide light for the worshipers to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles in the temple complex. And we understand that only Jesus is the light of the world. We need to come to His light. And as Christians, we have a duty to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven, Matthew 15, 16.
4: Well, thank you so much, Josh. Wow, what a uh, wonderful article you've written. So encouraging. And then with uh, my article, uh, both articles appear in the November 2023 Prophetic Observer. So friends, you can subscribe to our monthly Prophetic Observer, our toll-free number one 800 652 11
0: What a Character book series is designed to be fun and engaging for your students or for anyone with a love of history. These readers include a fascinating focus on important, influential, and visionary people. From scientists to war heroes and more, there's something of interest for everyone in this exciting series. Order these outstanding books today when you call 1-800-652-1144 or you can always order on our website, swrc.com. Tomorrow on the program, we're looking at the realities of the first Thanksgiving with historian Bill Federer. So be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app, tuning in via oneplace.com, or by subscribing to our daily Watchmen on the Wall podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries, and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit SWRC.com.